0: Welcome to another episode of Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I am so happy that you chose to tune in today. I will be tackling what is a topic that causes me a little bit of anxiety because I have no idea how people will respond to my views on this topic. Um, But you know what? I think that this time right now calls for us to share views that are from our heart. And I think that it's not necessary to stay with mainstream narratives on things that we don't agree with. Um, But I will say right off the bat, I, I agree with a lot of things that are being said and my disagreements with this topic, with the topic of transgender issues or transgender topics, has to do with kind of a broader understanding and wanting to take a deeper dive into what's really going on as opposed to what's being assumed by pop culture right now. So to that end, here we go. So I want to explain a little bit where I'm coming from in terms of kind of worldview and just background information. The things that I take into consideration when I form an opinion on this topic. On, uh, d- is it okay for us to change people's pronouns? Is it okay for us to accept somebody who is biologically male as somebody who is uh, female? Is it okay for me to say she when it's not somebody who is born um, a woman? Is it is it okay to say he uh, when it's not somebody who is born a man? These sorts of things. Um I I think that this is a very polarizing topic and I think that the way that it is being talked about specifically the way that it is being talked about is incredibly polarizing. Um and I think that we have a lot more in common um on this topic than we we think we do. Um I think that if you are a loving person then your goal in this conversation is to create more happy humans and to uh, make sure that those who are different in our society are not being the victims of hate crimes and violence. Um, I think that everybody deserves a right to feel safe and to feel included. Um, I don't think that everybody has a right to not have their feelings hurt. That's something that's gonna happen to everybody, and that is something that we all have to contend with, whether we are transsexual or uh, cisgender. But what I wanna talk about is kind of how I Think about this topic, and so I take it way back. I take it to, you know, what what we were as human animals, right? Before clothing, before culture, before any sort of ideas of um, gender existed, uh, because gender is sort of a, a subset or a subtopic. It's piled on top of sex, of biological sex, right? It's not um, gender is not something that is assigned. When people say they're having gender reveal parties, I say good luck (laughs) because, uh, gender is not, um, detectable by a, uh, you know, um, ultrasound. (laughs) Um, so I find that's a really, it should be a sex reveal party. Um, but then maybe that sounds a little lewd. So, um, yeah, anyway, genital reveal party, I guess, but anatomy reveal party. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah so so the way that i start to think about this topic is i start to think about us as human animals and how we were um you know we've always had roles i think i think that that's been you know clearly uh defined by those who study prehistory you know uh perhaps in, as the human animals, it seems like, and, you know, I'm willing to be wrong on this, but from what my understanding, it seems to be like the men hunted, you know, as hunter-gatherers, the men hunted and the women um, gathered and made things that were useful and uh, took care of the children. And that was a function of their their anatomy, really. I mean, that was a function of the fact that probably as someone who could be pregnant, um, you did not want to be out hunting um you also had to have some sort of you know uh protection in that state i've been pregnant and that's a very vulnerable state um so you know as animals when our only roles were to create other humans and to well our only roles were to stay alive and then you know as a subset of that to create other humans um i think that those those roles in terms of our anatomy made a ton of sense right um and even if they didn't that's what it was and we can't change that that was that was history. Um, what, and then, you know, we move further. So at the, at the, uh, I, I heard these evolutionary bi- biologists talk about how there's sex characteristics. In other words, like anatomy, you know, when we talk about biological man, we think of testicles and prostate and um, maybe pecs, facial hair, different, you know, there's certain and anat- an- Anatomical truths about being born a certain way, being born a "quote unquote" man, right? Um, and then, you know, there are certain sex traits that are uh, that come with being born a woman. Um, and then there are secondary sex traits. This is what they were talking about, which I'd, I'd never heard that term before. But it's basically just the traits that sort of come along with the fact that you have this biology. So, for example, like um, someone who bleeds on a monthly basis. Um, is perhaps not going to have a consistent level of energy in order to do a specific task. There might be a time when this uh, bleeding woman needs to, you know, uh, tend to other things and perhaps rest more. Or when she's pregnant, she would need to uh, take care of that in um, in her realm because that's just a function of her biology. So those are secondary sex traits. But then there's this whole realm that started with with what i see as a culture and these things have nothing to do with sex they have nothing to do with secondary sex traits even they are completely arbitrarily designated and we have as a society adopted them as gendered things so for example yeah, i'm gonna use things that are gendered things that i don't believe need to be gendered nail polish is for girls makeup is for girls sports are for boys Pants are for boys, dresses are for girls, Um, feeling things is for women, Um, crying is for girls, you know, the list goes on. There's, there is a list of things that have to do with our appearance and the way that we ornament ourselves that really have nothing to do with being A woman or being a man, but they have everything to do with appearing to be a woman and appearing to be a man in terms of whatever society you live in. And this changes depending on the society that you live in. Um, For example, when I was practicing Sikhism and I was married to someone who chose to dress in traditional Sikh garb, um, he wore what looks like a dress and it's called a chola. Um, Even men uh, you know, Hindu men they wear kurtas. Um, these look like dresses, and you know the the what makes it a dress versus a shirt? Well, it's just the length. So it's this arbitrary length of fabric that makes something either female or male. It doesn't make any sense except that we're used to it, and so we accept it. Um, similarly, you know, for for millennia or whatever, you know, <laughs> until a few a few hundred years ago. Uh, Women were considered cross-dressing if they were wearing fabric sewn between their legs, i.e. pants, you know, or for those of you in um, British-influenced countries, trousers. So these things have absolutely nothing to do with our biology. There is nothing biologically necessary um, that a woman should wear, you know, an opening between her legs and that a man should not. There is nothing having to do with biology or even secondary sex traits. However, that's something that we've become very used to. And depending on what time period you live in, or like like Scottish kilts, that's another one. You know, nobody uh, likes it. The Scottish don't like it when you call it a skirt, but for all intents and purposes, that's how it's cut. So from a fashion designer's perspective, it's a skirt uh, that has tartan as the fabric as opposed to, you know, polyester or cotton or bright pink or whatever. Um, It's not functionally for that culture a skirt, But in a different context, it would be a skirt. And it's very male. The men who wear kilts, I mean, if you've seen some of these fantastic photos of men wearing kilts, it's a very hot, you know, it's a very hot manly uh, man that wears a kilt. This definitely doesn't feel like he's cross-dressing, right? So, but it's, for all intents and purposes, he's wearing a similar piece of fabric that he could be as a girl or as a, um, excuse me, as a drag queen, right? Uh, But it's a very different context, and we think of it differently, and there's no reason. It's arbitrary. It's completely, completely arbitrary that these things should be considered male or female. They're not gendered. They're fabric. (laughs) They are neutral. So this is, this is how I start to think about this, this topic of transgender, because Without understanding gender and the arbitrariness of a lot of what we think of as gender, it's very difficult to have an intelligent conversation about transgender, in or, in other words, going you know from one gender to the other. Now, in reality, with most of these things that I've said and a lot that I haven't mentioned or thought of in this moment, going between those gendered Things would not change your identity in the least because they would be completely arbitrary, and they would not change your anatomy. My sons both grew up having very long hair, and you know, some. I think at one point somebody told my oldest son, like, you know, only girls have long hair, and he came home and he was like, you know, somebody said I, you know, I was I was a girl because I had long hair, and I'm like, well, do you still have a penis? And you know, do you think you're a girl? Um, and he was like, no, and yes, I do still have a penis. I'm a boy, you know, that's, that was his, um, it was sort of obvious, right? Like just because you grow your hair does not change your sexual identity. It does not change your gender. Um, however, there are more girls in our society with longer hair and that's, and, and, you know, reaching back into history, definitely much, much more women had long hair. Um, But, you know, men also had long hair in a lot of, in a lot of time periods. And it's just that we are not used to men with long hair in our culture now. And so we deem that to be quote unquote female. Um, But it has nothing to do with male or female because both men and women can grow hair, (laughs) can grow long hair. The function of cutting it has to do with a societal norm and that has nothing to do with your sex, your biology. So this is what I think of when I think of this, this conversation that we're having. And I talk about this because I'm really troubled by the way that we are coming to action, coming to such quick action on these topics and having people actually teach this because it's such a new conversation. Um, It's such a new conversation, not that we haven't been talking about transgender, for a long time. I mean, people have been cross-dressing for a long time, and there's, you know, in, in for example, in Thailand, that there's a whole, you know, third gender as I understand it, which are the, the lady boys. But we have not, as an American culture, so I'll speak for my culture had this conversation going on for a very long time and suddenly we think we know something about it and I think we need to pause and evaluate what's going on because there's probably a lot of different things going on depending on the person. And so you know, there's the whole well, men who transition to female should not be in Olympic sports. There's that whole thing. There's the who gets to use what bathroom. There's the you know, should teenagers be given the right to uh, take experimental medicines in order to stop puberty that, you know, and these medicines haven't been tested. There's a whole lot of, or, you know, for long periods of time, these, there's a whole lot of conversations in this realm that need a little bit more longevity study. And this is one thing that I think, I grew up in Europe. This is one thing that Europeans seem to understand much better it's just sort of in their DNA it's like they just they just sort of understand that there is a longer timeline and there is a kind of a wait and see you know we the determination is is yet to be made there is so much that has happened before us but in the United States we're kind of a young country so everything that is new is like you know we got to hop on it fast and the the Europeans are surrounded by a literal, you know, living history with their buildings and <clears throat> things that are constantly in need of repair and maintenance and restoration, they understand that, that they live in a time that is a little tiny nugget of what has been lived. So I would encourage anybody um, thinking about this topic to understand it in that context too. I mean, I'm not, this this podcast is not the be-all end-all of obviously not that you're expecting that, of, you know, conversations about what's happening in, in terms of uh, transgender rights or issues in our country, but also there's going to be new information that is revealed, and that's the way that it should be. It should be a continuous collection of information and how things actually play out, you know, what happens. So, in principle, I would say, and I have two friends who have transitioned from male to female, one whom, oh, excuse me, one friend who transitioned and female to male, and the other who transitioned from male to female. And the the first one uh, I've only known as a man, and the second one I've known as both a man and a woman, or a, a perhaps non-binary, I'm not sure what they are choosing to identify as. So I I just want to say I love these two individuals. I think they're fantastic. I think that they're going through some shit, but everybody is. I don't think that they are unique in having human struggles. Um, and I don't consider them to be mentally ill. <laughs> so um, with that out of the way, uh, I also want to say that I understand the perspective of those who are more conservative. I really do. I I actually, during the pandemic, was kind of the first time that I investigated a lot of more Republican, conservative, um, you know, right-leaning information because I felt a little bit abandoned by the liberal progressive party that I felt very much a part of for oh, you know, all my life um, I leaned, you know, much more socialist having grown up in France. So uh, it was pretty disappointing to see what, you know, what actually happened from my perspective um, in terms of control asserted on people. I was very disappointed by that and the complete um, silencing of opinions that I believed uh, should be heard. But similarly on this topic of, you know, transgender issues, I feel that a lot of voices are being silenced on this and that We are being told that there is one right way to think about this because the lives of these um, people who are transitioning or have transitioned or will are at risk if we don't talk about it in this very particular specific way, which is that whatever they say they want to identify is as should go and that we should allow children who identify as a different uh, gender than their biology should be allowed to take drugs that um, are the consequences of which are kind of an unknown and that we should, um, anyway, I'm not thinking of, I I can't think of all the other things, but uh, there is a lot to be discussed and I wish that we could have this discussion with people of different parties because I think that there is actually a lot in common and also I don't identify with a political party. I also should probably say that because I don't identify with politicians. so I don't I don't consider myself um, any registered anything. However, I do identify with um, with opinions and with thoughts and I really feel that this conversation has become very confused when we can't have a conversation about how the way that the issue is being handled is affecting everyone so one of the things that really changed my mind on this topic because I was I was definitely on the the pure liberal bandwagon and I would say that I'm mostly on a liberal bandwagon at this point um, but I was on the total liberal bandwagon when this <clears throat> first started coming to my attention and kind of dismissed anything that wasn't but I listened to this podcast, actually, that was uh, this woman who had been banned from Twitter because she dared to question the pronoun situation or, you know, she said a man, a man is not a woman or something like that. You know, similarly to the way that JK Rowling, uh, who I still need to read her her tweet because I haven't, I also just missed that. But a lot of, you know, people have come out and said that and they've been kind of blacklisted and I... I feel badly about that because I think that there is something to be gleaned from all of the perspectives that uh, that are well thought out, that aren't coming from just pure hatred. And I don't believe that she was uh, either the podcast woman or, or JK Rowling. But again, I haven't read her thing, so I can't speak for it. But this woman is, was basically saying, you know, there's some issues. She was from Canada. There's some issues when we talk about just sending men who have transitioned to female, to a women's prison. There's been rapes and unintended pregnancies and things. And, you know, there is definitely a case to be made for the erasing of what is a woman. You know, women have fought for a long time to have equal rights to men. It's not, you know, it has, it was not that long ago that women were not able to hold a bank account. I have this Funny story, when we moved to France, my mom was actually told by the bank teller that she was so lucky to be opening a bank account because this was in the 80s. She was so lucky because women had just been given the right to open a bank account without the consent of their father or their husband. (laughs) She looked at him like, oh gee, thanks. (laughs) We've had that right in the States for a while. Um, Not that the United States is a bastion for women's rights, but um, you know, we we haven't been able as women to own property for that long. We have been property for a very long time. So the idea that a man, a biological man could take our identity, which is part of a whole history of struggling for equality with men, um, and just take every, you know, compete with us if we're talking about the olympics for example or have the right to come into our bathrooms which we felt were a safe space i'm sort of echoing the sentiments that i've heard this isn't something that you know it's funny though it's like i've never had a problem with somebody coming into the women's bathroom and feeling uncomfortable so in theory these all make you know these all make sense but then you go and think about like when was the last time you felt threatened By a transgender person in a bathroom. And I can personally say never. So, but you know, these are things that people say and people have legitimate concerns. I think these are not, these are not concerns that you should yell bigot at. These are concerns that we need to explain. We need to have a conversation about. We need to debate because we aren't going to get to a place of comfort with any type of person that may be different from what we thought was you know normal if we simply force all of those who are not comfortable by decree to get comfortable that's not going to work we need to be able to have conversations and for that we need to be able to ask questions and we need to be able to say things that might offend somebody but we need to have those conversations so i i feel that the silencing of of the, you know, the conservative opinions are really actually damaging to the the plight of the transgender person because we want we want these people to feel safe in our society. And if we are by force or by shame, you know, shame is used a lot to silence people and I don't believe that that I believe that they just go and get stronger and rally more people behind them. I really don't think that that shuts anybody up. It just gets you out of, it gets temporarily gets them out of your way, but it's going to come back. Um, I remember from reading this book that um, it's called The Last Years of Ancient Sunlight, I think. They talk about these prehistoric tribes and whenever somebody would think the way that somebody naturally does in a capitalist society, like I'm going to Uh, use other people to grow in my power or whatever. This would be considered like a a kind of insanity. And so these people would be shamed and banished. And what happened was these people who were banished all gathered together. And, you know, this is what the book was saying, but it's kind of an interesting idea. These people all banded together and that's society today, right? All of the crazy people um, (laughs) were were just gathered together and rallied their troops. And now we have the culture that we have today which is all about that and basically everyone is indoctrinated into this completely crazy concept that is considered normal sort of like nail polishes for boys and not women um or for girls so i'm what well, i can't remember where i was going with that all right my kids came in so yeah, what I was getting at was that I really don't think that silencing opposing voices is helping anybody. I think that it is making this situation more dire. One of the reasons that I believe this is because I really like to read the comment sections in videos that I think are interesting. And whenever there's a topic that has to do with pronouns or, you know, any sort of trans transgender, um, identity politics sort of story that I watch, People will invariably say like, you know, I, if somebody has my respect, I will use whatever pronoun they tell me to, but I do not enjoy being This is sort of more conservative leaning news channels that I, that I follow. Cause I, I do really like to understand everybody's perspective. They say, they say that, um, I'm laughing cause my kids are laughing in the background and they didn't close the door. Um, hold on. But yeah, so any... Anytime I think that we silence opposing voices, we are not making our case stronger. We are scared that we can't defend our case, right? We are, you know, if if it is important to change our language and change our vocabulary, then we should be willing to make a case for it and not use force to enforce it over people. I think knowing your value and knowing your truth goes, a long, long way towards establishing respect for yourself. If anybody, you know, a transgender person, man, woman, biological, or or otherwise, whatever I'm (laughs) trailing off, but if, if any human being knows their value and knows that they have a right to respect, they command respect. They do not need to demand respect, right? And I understand that we are in a situation where people who have transitioned or or have made that courageous leap to make a decision that perhaps their parents were not a fan of or their community wasn't, that they probably have very low self-esteem, rightfully so, right? I mean, they have not been supported, most likely. So to expect them to be able to command respect is probably not that fair, right? But that's unfortunately the way that um the way that things go so i i fully support anything that helps somebody who is disadvantaged in some way in some way in our society to get help i believe that that is the function of a government really i mean why else like public works public goods to me that's what a government should do that's what a community should do um, however, <laughs> that's not reality. And i I am I am not a fan of how this is being utilized, how it's being leveraged as a ploy for votes by politicians. I don't appreciate the way that this is being leveraged by pharmaceutical companies to sell experimental drugs to children. I really, really have an issue with that because I don't believe that. Um, man, I mean, I thought I was going to be wearing a turban and I legally changed my name and thankfully all of that is reversible, you know, but I was in my twenties and I changed my mind and I think that people don't realize that they could change their mind and there are stories of people changing their minds, deciding that they wanted to be women and then decided that that wasn't really for them. And people go through difficult spells and people have mental, you know, mental illnesses and and people are minors. Um, That's what I was talking about more than anything. But, you know, if this is being presented as, you know, you're having angst, you're depressed, perhaps you, you know, have you thought about the fact that you might not uh, identify with your gender? That's really problematic because we don't have, again, this discussion is, is young and the people who are not, Qualified to talk about it are people who are being given the right. It seems like, like your teachers are or your counselors. You know, how much can your counselor really know unless they're part of the LGBTQ community? Um, I'm I'm willing to believe that that they have some experience with this. But if this is just sort of like an add-on to their services, um, I would not trust that. I would not entrust my child to to these sorts of things. I remember when my brother was in preschool, um, his teacher talked to all the kids about, you know, being gay. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a lesbian or being transgender or um, being yourself. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that things are normalized by making a big deal about them to preschoolers. And he was very confused because you can't really understand sexuality until you understand sex. And that's not something that I feel comfortable with a preschool teacher teaching children. That doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense to teach it as part of biology in, uh, in the context of, you know, intercourse and how humans are made. Uh, I believe in middle school around puberty, you know, maybe maybe younger, who knows, maybe older. That was how it was done in France. And I thought that it was very tasteful. We didn't have to go to a special class called sex ed and be a real awkward and whatever about it. It was taught within the context of biology class because it is biology. That's part of our biology, guys. Um, so I, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say about this issue because I don't want to just keep going, going to different things, although I think I've done a reasonably good job of continuing the trail here. Um yeah, I would I would just say that for the sake of those you love who could at some point decide that this path is something that is authentic to them to transition i would keep all of this in mind that there is really you know in my mind yes there is a clear definition of what a man is and what a woman is and also language evolves language evolves we change it all the time words are invented all the time we decide to use words in a different way all the time you know, like, man, that's hot. That's cool. Uh, Bitchin', you know, there's just, these are, the expressions are created and we all adopt them. And the only thing that is normal is what we're all used to and what we're used to changes, changes all the time. And things are changing so much quicker now in our day and age. And it's sometimes hard for our minds to catch up with them. So I would just encourage anybody listening to this. This is my plea is just please keep an open mind. Whether you're talking to somebody who is extremely conservative or extremely liberal on this topic, they have a reason why they think what they do. And most often than not, it has to do with a feeling of them feeling safe in this society. And if they feel that something is going to hinder their safety, then they're going to have a very strong opinion one way or the other. And to be compassionate about that. That is that is their truth, and in listening to the sometimes ugly opinions of people that you don't agree with, you learn something. We we learn something from understanding different perspectives on a topic. If you are surrounding yourself with people who all believe the exact same thing, you're not being challenged, and you're not allowing your your mind to expand. You're not you know receptive to new ideas. You are closed off, and you're Little bubble, and that is not conducive to a harmonious society. We have to be willing to hear out other people. I also think that at a political level, I would really like to see more than two parties because that's not representative of the full spectrum of what people believe. You know, I was talking to my my coach, um, Astrid, yesterday, and she was saying how in Norway they have maybe like, they just, they have a bunch of parties, but it's basically like a fan, it fans out and it goes from the extreme left to the extreme right. And I'm not sure if you've heard this, if you're in the United States, just so you're aware, the fan of the ideas in, you know, in American society is about that. You know, it's like extreme left, quote unquote, extreme right. And they're pretty close. Um, but there are much. There's there's a whole range of of ideas, and they, and we can learn from each other. And in in having to create coalitions or create agreements between each other, we become stronger in our um or not stronger, but we we become better at understanding a topic because if we're only seeing it from one perspective, we're not seeing everything, it's just a partial truth. And the more perspectives we can get, the fuller that truth becomes. Um, even Even if those quote unquote truths are not, you know, relevant to your life, they are to somebody else and that's why they need to be considered. And I think that we are, you know, in the pendulum, I think that we have just swung very far uh, to one side of the pendulum and we're seeing people really resist that swing and so I think that we're going to, um, you know, idealist, ideolo- ideologically hopefully come more towards a balance and understand that our fellow humans are not so dissimilar from us, that we, have, we share similar goals and even if we don't state our values in the same words and within the same context of like religion or morality or whatever, even if we don't talk about it in the same vocabulary, we still have a very, very compelling similarity in our in our needs as humans. You know, we we need love, we need security, we need food, shelter. And I think that there is a really strong case to be made for harmony. And I also want to mention, I think this is my last point, that I think that people who are questioning, and I I should have mentioned this earlier because this is something that I feel really strongly about, people who are questioning the norms of our society should be applauded. They are courageous, they are brave, and they are visionary. And I... Smells like smoke downstairs. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe they made popcorn. I hope they did. Um, but anyway, people who are who are on the you know leading edge of society, I feel, are the transgender population right now because they are seeing something that a lot of people are not, and they are questioning it, and they are uncomfortable with it. And I think that that is something to be applauded and something that needs to be added to the conversation in a respectful sort of look at this kind of way. So that's all I have to say about that. I will see you in the next episode. I just also wanna let you know that I am coaching again and I'm really excited to be taking on new clients. So if you would like some support in your emotional journey, if you're feeling like you need somebody to talk to who can help you see the wisdom in your emotions, especially if you're a highly sensitive person or you think of yourself as very sensitive, that's my specialty. So you can go to PorterSinger.com slash coaching and check that out and I will see you in the next episode. All right,
1: bye. Thank
0: you for tuning into the podcast. Please remember to like, rate, subscribe, whatever your service offers you as a way to engage and let others know that you're enjoying it so it gets shared with more people. For all news updates on what I am doing, you can go to my website PorterSinger.com, sign up for my mailing list and get a free track as a thank you. Alright, I will